Swipers, and welcome to the first episode of the audio version of what's been hyperbolically called the internet's favorite newsletter, The Swipe Up. I'm Erin Moon, and in this edition, we're talking Emma Watson as Meg March, Mastermind Retreats, and more. So let's get started. Just really quickly, The Swipe Up is officially one year old, and like your great aunt who stands in the greeting card aisle in Walmart, painstakingly searching for that one hallmark that will perfectly encapsulate all the tender and hilarious feelings she feels toward you, this one really packs a punch. I even ate cake for it. I have no idea if we're going to ever do this audio version again, but um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We're just trying stuff out. We can do that because this is our newsletter and we do what we want here at the swipe up. Okay, so uh, we're going to jump into some Instagram questions, and then we're going to talk about mastermind retreats. It's going to be fun. So Lemonade H asked, what celeb isn't that famous, but you are very, very overly obsessed with? Oh, guys, it's Robert Duvall. I love Robert Duvall. I have a deep and abiding love for him. He is an American treasure. He played Boo Radley in his first film role, and he is the recipient of the only fan letter I have ever written. At the age of 27, I wrote Robert Duvall, invited him to my grandparents' ranch, and I sent him a copy of a magazine for him to sign and send back. And you know what? He did it, and I have that now. I have Robert Duvall's signature on an unfortunately named periodical, Cowboys and Indians, that my grandfather sent me when it came out. I also have a spreadsheet where I track watching all of his films. He's so great. Um, okay, Kayla Shunk, or it's either Kayla Shunk or Kayla's Hunk. I like both. Um, watching movies with talkers, it me or nah. So I don't have a lot of pet peeves, but movie talkers are definitely the Lord testing my Christianity. There's literally no reason for you to be talking during the movie. Do you have questions? The answers will be revealed during the course of the movie we're both experiencing. Did you miss a line? You'll miss seven more if you ask me, what did he say? Only people who are addicted to chaos talk during movies. Movie talkers are like the Joker. Okay, Bex228 wants to know, what do you wish people knew about wedding planning? Oh, some of these are going to be controversial, but who cares? I don't care. This is the benefit of 14 years of hindsight after my own wedding. Guys, rent a wedding gown or buy it secondhand. Don't pay full price. That is crazy. You're going to wear it for like eight hours, and then your daughter is probably not going to want to wear it. So just don't spend a ton of money on a dress. I don't know if I really believe that. It felt right when I wrote it, but I don't know if I feel it. I don't know. I'll think about that. Okay, spend all your money on a photographer and all your energy on a tight contract with that photographer. If you aren't having kids at the reception, you cannot ask a child to be in your wedding party. That is insane and rude. Um, be thoughtful about honoring people who helped make the day happen. Be thoughtful about honoring the people who, like, grew you into the person that you are today. Like, can you imagine how thoughtful it would be if you, like... If you were a, the grandparent or the aunt of a bride and when you got there, she handed you like a handwritten note that was like, hey, thanks for pouring into my life. This is a really special day for me and I'm really glad that you're here. Gosh, that would just mean so much to me. Um, if someone offers you a cash payout in exchange for not having a wedding, take the cash. 
Um, no matter what you do, in 10 years, your wedding is going to feel dated. Um, also, a wedding is great and fun, but as a culture, we put them in a weird space as the pinnacle of a woman's life, and I think that's reductive to women who choose not to get married. I think it's reductive for women who do choose to get married. Let's just look for other ways to celebrate milestones as well. I know that's not really what you asked, Bex228, but I'm just going to throw that in there. B. Juliet B. wants to know, thoughts on Emma Watson as Meg in the new Little Women? Look, B. Juliet B., if anyone in this world, if anyone in this broken world can play Meg March with a shred of credibility, I believe it is Emma Watson. I don't, I don't hate her as much as I guess everyone else does. I think she is the perfect casting choice for that role. I think she might be Meg March. Okay, KJ underscore Duggan. What are some practical things you have done to grow in your writing? Well, I read a lot and I read all kinds of things. Articles, novels, essays, poetry, research, tweets, anything. This is also going to sound condescending, but I don't mean it that way at all. Writing is the best practical thing you can do to improve your writing. Um, there are lots of really great books that I love. On Writing by Stephen King, Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, Writing Down to the Bones by Natalie Goldberg, The Artist's Way by Julie Cameron. When you read a book that you like and you think this right here is in the ballpark of what I want to do, go to the back of the book and write down every title in the bibliography. Read those books, find interviews with the authors, read the books that they talk about. I've also been thinking a lot about taste and how you become good at something. And I used to have this Ira Glass quote taped to my wall because it reminded me that figuring out what you want your voice to sound like and discerning good writing from bad writing takes time. Um, so I'm going to read the quote to you right now. Nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there's this gap. For the first couple of years you make stuff, it's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have the special thing that we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you're just starting out or you're still in this phase, you got to know that it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you'll finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. And you've just got to fight your way through it. And that's from Ira Glass. So Midwest Drawl wants to know, how do you find the good in the really tough days? So I recently hooked up with a spiritual, not like in a weird way, I like partnered with a spiritual director. If you've been here for a while, the journey has concluded. And the first thing she got me into is the prayer of examine. So we're reading it together. But the basic shape of it is spending time each evening looking at the things or moments that drew me closer to God and the things that pulled me away from him. I really like this because it takes into account that every day has good and tough in them, and it helps you sift through both sides accordingly. Someone else asked, I'm in an extended transition phase and often lack a feeling of purpose. Do you have any tips for thriving? And I really feel like the prayer of examine could be helpful in this case as well. You're creating a living document that chronicles the ups and downs, enabling you to find patterns and draw comfort from the ways God has shown up in past experiences. It's also cluing you in during those times when your faithful's dry or stretched and reminding you that there is water here. 
Allie underscore Castaldo wants to know, do you have any ongoing internet feuds, real or imagined? Ugh, so many. I'm feuding with all Christian thought leaders who rail against Game of Thrones having never seen it. I'm also feuding with the Babylon Bee. I'm feuding with you if you refer to yourself as a Christian thought leader. I'm also feuding with Matt Walsh, President Donald Trump, and the Apostle Paul, but all for very different reasons in a very respectful way, except for Matt Walsh. I think he's a robot specifically designed to tempt me into sin, and obviously these are all one-sided feuds. They don't know that I exist. Elizabeth J423 wants to know, how do you unplug from social media, stay off your phone? I take the weekends off. Kids are also very intelligent about the phone now. They've been sold its ills, and if they see you pick it up, it's like, how come you're on your phone so much? Don't you love me? Did you know increased screen time rots your brain? So that's also a very effective means of putting it down. Saf9498 wants to know, book everyone else loved but you disliked. Look, I really want to like Sally Rooney's novels, but I hate them. It's a subjective thing. I can tell she's clearly a great writer, but I hate everything about her books. She seems mind-bendingly cool, though, so I just have to admit that I'm probably just an old millennial fart and her books aren't for me. So best nonpartisan resources for those wanting to become more politically informed. This is from Sarah underscore Fisher. I really love Pantsuit Politics, the podcast, and their book. I think you're wrong, but I'm listening. I like isidewith.com for helping you figure out which candidates you align with the most. I like vote411.org for helping me understand what I'll be voting on. Um, A podcast like The Daily or Up First are great quick overviews of what's happening in the world, and they let you come to your own conclusions about the political repercussions. So Shelly Smucker wants to know, how would you advise a 34-year-old woman with five kids to start pursuing her dreams? Well, this is a great question, Shelly, but it's hard for me to know how to advise you because I feel like there are so many variables that could be at play here. There are ages. Do you homeschool? What is your dream? What does it entail? Is it to be a world-class bodybuilder? Is it to write a novel? Look, the vaguest and probably best advice I can give you is to start small. Tiny forward movement is still forward movement. My friend Kendra says to commit to something so small, it's dumb not to do it. Whatever it is, if it's your dream, start making progress, even if it's laughably to other dumb people who don't pursue their dreams, minuscule. Okay, so there are a few other questions that are going to be on the newsletter that I did not answer in the audio version, so be sure to check those out. Okay, so a lot of you wanted to know about the mastermind retreat that I went on, and so I want to tell you just a little bit about the brass tacks. Um, Over Labor Day weekend, I went on a little retreat in the mountains with three other women to talk about business. Uh, I've been meeting with my mastermind group online for about five months, and we thought it might be beneficial to have a concentrated time of face-to-face, and turns out it really was. So how did you find your mastermind group was the first question. Well, in peak Enneagram 3 style. I knew everyone in our group separately, and I rounded us up. Um, I wanted these people to fit three criteria. One, we could not be intimately involved in each other's lives prior to the mastermind. The exception to this was my friend Courtney, who is a dear old friend, but she lives in another state. We don't see each other every day. We don't talk all the time. So I decided for myself that I would break this rule because I'd do what I want. Two, everyone would be an expert in something, but also a non-expert in something. And three, would be adjacent to each other's work, but not competitive with each other, whatever that means. Um, The joke is now that we are all intimately involved in each other's lives, but whatever. Okay, so another person asked, um, let's say I don't have three friends I want to do this with. How do I find people? This is hard because I'm honestly not sure. Um, There are some mastermind networks you can join, but there's a sometimes steep fee. 
Maybe there are some people you know online who you think would be a good fit. You admire them, they're doing good work, and you feel like you can sharpen each other. I knew each of them enough to know that they could be trusted with sensitive information about work, and I think that's important. If you talk about money or analytics in your group, you want someone who will keep that information private, and that may be hard to discern from just knowing someone online. Okay, someone else wanted to know, do you have a leader? Well, this is a benevolent democracy until nobody wants to make a decision, and then I will. I guess I'm the leader because I rounded everybody up. Um, Another question was, how often do you meet? So we shoot for twice a month for an hour. We also have a Voxer channel that gets some heavy use in the in-between. I don't love Voxer, but it is a great tool for this specifically. Um, Some people wanted to know what we talk about in our regular meetings. So we do our professional highs and lows and a concentrated time on problems or questions that we might have. Every once in a while, we do a hot seat, which is one person gets the entire hour for a pressure point or a, a puzzle that they're trying to figure out. Uh, We chat via Zoom or Skype, and we have a recurring date set on the calendar. This is my favorite question. So what exactly does a mastermind retreat entail? Is it just a fancier word for girls' trip? It's so vague. And this is a fair point. It is vague. And we did have an amazing charcuterie, which is a must for any girls' trip, so I get the confusion. We used our mastermind retreat to ask a big question about our work and then talk through options with the rest of the group. I kind of liken it to picking up a rock on the beach project or an aspect of our work. And the mastermind retreat gave us space to turn that rock over in our hands, look at it from critical angles, examine the nooks and crannies, and decide if it was worth keeping or if we wanted to leave it on the beach. It also gave us extended periods of time to think about aspects of our work. You know how you get in a funk or a rut and you just don't feel like you have the space to critically think about anything? The mastermind helped us untangle some of these knots. Um, It gave us a place to float ideas and dreams. It's great to suggest an idea and get practical encouragement as well as suggestions for how to make it happen. I love that my mastermind retreat gave me immediate feedback. I am a certified feedback monster and I love saying something and having quick thoughts and reactions to it. Um, It also gave us clarifying perspective. I don't view the world in the same way as the rest of my mastermind members and it's helpful to have additional personalities in the room to voice another side or to ask a question I would have never considered. Um, In the newsletter, there will be resources for structuring a successful mastermind. Um, We were just inspired by other people on the internet. We searched mastermind schedule and cherry picked what we thought would work well for us. And those links are in the newsletter. Um, We didn't stick to our schedule super strictly. This is mainly because I accidentally slept in until 10 in the morning, which now I know what will happen if I don't have children around me. So we had to make some adjustments, but we hit the main high points like we wanted. I also knew several people who were already in a mastermind, so I asked lots of questions for how they structure theirs. I'm not an expert by any means, but we can mine the collective brain trust and figure it out together. Okay, guys, that's a wrap on this month's Swipe Up audio version. Remember to be sure and read the rest of the newsletter for links and additional content and let me know what you think about the audio version. Thank you so much for swiping up, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.